Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to noon central. It's always off to a great rolling start, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) From Studio A in Texas, USA, it's the award-winning all-things automotive car talk show, In Wheel Time. Just ahead, a review of our new car of the week, the 2021 Jeep Cherokee. We'll also have This Week in Auto History, the cruise-in calendar, and stories making automotive news headlines this week. That and more just ahead on today's In Wheel Time Car Show for Saturday, January 30th, 2021. Howdy. Along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, sitting over in the corner where he belongs is Jeffrey (laughs) Zekin, Don Armstrong here. Glad that you could join us on this Saturday here uh, coming to you live. We call it Houston, Texas. But it's actually in Sugarland, Texas. That's why we were talking about Sugarland before we officially went on the air this morning. So, just wanted to clarify all of that. It's kind of like saying NHRA coming to you from the Spring Nationals in Houston, Texas. Well, that's actually, partly true. It's in Baytown. Is it actually Baytown? I thought it was a little bit east of Baytown. Like no, it's Highlands. It's kind of in between like Baytown and Cove. Okay. It's somewhere out there. <laughs> that way. That way. Yeah, that's it. They call it officially Baytown. Towards Niederville. It's going that way, but it's still a long ways from Niederville. Yes, it is. They built a highway out there to it. They did. From Niederville. Yeah, coming the wrong. It's called Interstate 10. Uh huh. It's also called the evacuation route. Oh, I was, from, I was thinking of 99. They just built that one little <laughs> section of 99 that comes south from I 10, basically a little bit past the track. Um,. I I always thought it was because the track was there. No, no, no. It it goes it goes beyond that now. Actually, they're uh, finishing it. I flew over it the other day, not too long ago, and uh, man, they are kicking some major butt on that thing. On the northeast part. Uh, of it? Actually, it would be on the southeast. It's going to hook up with uh, 146. Okay. Way over there. Yeah. Well, you're the only one up there in the flying over stuff. We're all. Just down here on the ground. What's going on on that section of it out there by north of Kingwood? That's what I'm talking about. All of that, all of that's being done all the way down there on the other side of town. So, in, in other words, if you go 99, the Grand Parkway, out there off of I-10, the Baytown East Freeway, like you're going to go to Niederville, you go south. That's all of that stuff. That, there's a section of it that they've already completed now. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, they're working on all of that, south okay. of there and north of there. So they'll not have that done before they tear up downtown. Welcome to Houston. Uh-huh. Oh, no, they're already tearing up downtown when I came through there this morning. What do you morning? mean tearing it up? They're always... when they, when they, yeah, it's, I've been here since 87, and all these highways have been under construction since 87. I wish I had the concrete contract in Houston because yeah. it's a never-ending job. It is. Why? When you said something to I-10 to go to Nederland, why go to Nederland? I mean, that's... <laughs> because saying, you like, have to stop and get gas on the way to New Orleans. Oh, okay. Is but there's no it? Buckies out there. No, there's not. Need, there's no reason to stop unless it's a Buckies. Plus, you have to go out of your way to get to Nederland. Well, yeah, you do. It's 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 way out of your way. It's like eight miles off the freeway. Again, yeah. why? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. No, no. Because I'm there. <laughs> you are there. No, you're here. You're in Sugarland. I think somebody's stealing the road. I think that you guys are out of your minds. We're well, here, we're talking about all of this other stuff. This is a car show. I know. Stabilization. <laughs> Stabilization. Well, we just want to make sure that the internet is up to speed 
for our raucous four minutes into the show, three hour yeah. car show. Uh, since we don't have a guest in this segment, Conrad and I decided that we we're going to come up with some stuff of our own. Do you want to go? Sure. You know, everybody always wonders what the most popular paint colors are for the year. Who? 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 Tell me those people. I'm sure there's somebody out there. <laughs> the, ones in, the ones in Nederland. The ones in Nederland. <laughs> well, right. you know, there's, there's something about the popularity of colors, and different colors kind of phase in and phase out. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, brown or that, oh. that, that tan color oh. really phased in and became quite popular. Oh, dad, why did you buy that color? So what do you think? The most popular color was um, in 2020 in the United States. White. White. And Europe, white. 30% in the United States, 38% in Europe, which kind of surprised me that it was that much more popular. Number two is solid black, both Europe and the United States at 19%. So the, one out th of those every two colors, I think, vary a little bit, but not by much. No, no, no. But, you know, um, one out of every five cars is black. I, I can't imagine. I know your Corvette's black. A black car in South Texas is just stress on the air conditioning system because it has to work that much harder all the time because it's endlessly absorbing. Yeah. And in well. a two-passenger sports car with a cockpit is... And a glass roof. And now it doesn't have a glass. It's got one, but I don't use it. You don't it. ever use it. Uh -uh. It's too hot. Yeah, yeah, but I love the way a black car looks. I mean, it looks sleek. It looks elegant. I won't own one. Because it's too much work. I'll take it a is, white it car. Is, it That's is a lot of work. Mine are white. It is a lot of work. I think the the color I like the most, and Angie had a, uh, remember they had that metallic tan champagne color Suburban for a while? Loved it. That car looked clean for months. <laughs> you didn't really ever have to wash it. You just kind of, you know, waited for the rain to blow the dust off. Back of in the day. I'm thinking 1983, two, somewhere in there. <clears throat> I bought a used car from Fred Henson, good friend of mine. Used to own uh, Henson Motors up in Madisonville. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I bought a used car. He had a used car lot then. I bought a used car from him. A, a 1978 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like Champagne. It. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Pop, very popular color. That's what I was talking about at the opening of this is is how different colors have phased in and out of the industry. And that color was extremely popular back 80s, early 90s. And when that thing was washed up with those wire wheel covers on it, man, it looked like a million dollars. Yep. You're rolling in, you know, right off of Hollywood and Vine. So well, maybe not Hollywood and Vine. That's a pretty bad part of town. But at any rate. So what there. do you think the third most popular color was? <clears throat> Um, red. Last, red. Last year? Actually, gray. Oh, really? Yeah, I was gray, gray, silver, that combination of grays and silver. We still get a lot or of gray cars in the, in the uh, press fleet. And then uh, the, the fourth was silver itself. So um, about 9% of the cars were silver. And then a uh, fifth was blue. Uh, both Europe and, and the United States, and then red. And red is 7% in the, in the United States and only 5% in Europe. So uh, that's a 
you know, that's almost a 50% difference. And all of those are two. Ferraris. And all well, and the arrest record is high. Yes. I always call them pull me over red mm-hmm. when, when the, that bright red color um, seems to attract. And I think there's actually statistics that say that color vehicle gets the most tickets as well. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that's a fact or fiction, but I just made it No, I it think up. it is, but I think it's because of the, the kind of car that that red goes on and the kind of the way you drive that kind of a car. No, like that's, a, you're speaking for yourself, <laughs> Mars. I'm just Mr. Saying, Tickets research, over here. Re, I'm just doing some research. Yeah, you're doing your research. Uh-huh. Personal research. And then uh, seventh most popular is the browns and beiges at 3% in both uh, Europe and the United States. So when it was real popular, when you had it, and Angela had it, she had it on a Suburban. Um, and then when you had it on uh, on your Cadillac, you know, back then it was probably the third most popular color because, gosh, everything everybody made had some version of that color in it. Yeah, my dad had a green Cadillac. I think it was a 67, and he also had a beige. Did he have a pink Cadillac? No, he did not. My mother had a white 60 Chevy. Uh, uh, With a 409? It was a Malibu. No, no. Uh, And then he went into the Oldsmobiles. Smart guy into the Oldsmobiles. The uh, Browns. Green let me, let me ask you something. I want, to, I want to go off track here just a little bit and okay. ask you a question. <laughs> what is the fascination about Oldsmobiles, other than the fact that you worked for the Oldsmobile division? Before I worked for them, I owned two of them. Okay. So my when I came to Oklahoma, my first car was a 68 Cutlass S, and I just loved it. I just I beat on it and... Probably didn't maintain it as well as I could, and that that car never failed. It's See what loyalty. I think when it's I loyalty when I think of uh, Oldsmobile, to I a degree, kind of, yeah. kind of put them in the same boat as Pontiac and Buick. Now I may be no, wrong. I, no, I, and that's probably it, a, a good because yeah. it, the, those three were kind of in the near luxury category Correct. back in the day. The the what I and that's when they were structured at General Motors. That was where they were put. You know, Buick on the on the comfort side of the near luxury Pontiac on the performance side, uh, and then Oldsmobile on the innovative side because Oldsmobiles are always a little bit more innovative yeah. than some of the other brands. So, and then my uh, and then I had my '69 442 back then as well, which was actually Sebring yellow, which is the same color as my '70 Rally is. Um, but I had them. I loved them. They were just durable, dependable cars, and I beat on them endlessly. Needless to say. Knowing yeah. you, I can only imagine. It's kind of like Mars doing his on-ramp acceleration yeah, test. Yeah, but I'm getting owned, tickets. I owned my cars. Um, <laughs> I had I had a 63 Oldsmobile F85. Had the 215 aluminum V8 engine Ooh. in it. Beat the heck out of that thing, and it never slowed down. Do you know where that 215 aluminum engine went? Uh, well, it went with the car. No, it went to uh, Range Rover. <laughs> Oh, it did? Yeah, did it? Yeah. GM sold that whole casting of that 215 aluminum V8 to Range Rover in Europe, and it was actually the same engine that came in a TR8. The, when the TR8 had the V8, that was a version of that 215. Yeah. And uh, the early Range Rovers, it was a version of that Who as well. would have ever thunk that? Why? Well, because somebody wanted a V8 cheap, and, they and wanted GM it just light. sold them all the castings. It was all aluminum. But a 215? Well, that's, you know... 
back then that was you know engines 215 were much 265 283 i mean it's in that same family well you got to remember back in 62 and 63 Oldsmobile put an alcohol injected turbocharger on one of those um, they actually had a turbo called the uh, the jet fire and wow. it had alcohol injection on it now the al- i call it alcohol injection we're going to have that tonight it was <laughs> going to be alcohol injected it tonight was, it, it was actually Almost windshield washer solvent that was injected into the engine to cool huh. to cool it to the to the cooling channels, not necessarily no the in, in, into the combustion chamber. Wow. So it was like adding adding ethanol to it. Yeah, oh. it was actually isopropyl. So that was the first. Thing. Our answer to that was we took the windshield washer deal and we took the tube mm-hmm. instead of going to the white and put it into the top of the carburetor, spray it, and sit there and pump on it when you need a little extra. You so know. that was the first invention of nitrous then. No, yeah, not quite. Sort of kind of not quite. quite. Not necessarily but, yeah, gas, but, but that was bit. that was the intent was yeah. trying to cool the engine. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say that. I vaguely remember something about when you wanted to have the windshield washers working, you pumped it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. there was an electric thing on the on the electric actual motor, wipers, you had to pump it. Pump to it. Pump it to get it to going. Oh, that was before my time. Yeah. And then you could always take that tube and run it back and put it down on the rear tires. And, and then if you, you did it right, you would have a, you would have a little offshoot out of there, and you'd turn the little knob and have you know injection right into your mouth in there for the uh, real alcohol. Oh, gosh. Like I said tonight. So the eighth most popular color <laughs> in the United States was green. Think about that. I am thinking about yeah, that. That's a bad. That's a bad thing. You know, but, but wait just a minute. Let's take that one step further, oh, shall we? Oh gosh. <laughs> so I'm thinking. Okay, so if you you had alcohol, it's a Shark Tank moment. It is a Shark Tank moment. So if you had the alcohol up there in the windshield washer fluid, you wouldn't have alcohol in the car, so to speak, because the container would be technically up there. you wouldn't have an open container. That's right, correct. there would be no open container. So then the question is, what kind of alcohol would you have in there? Like Everclear? Would you have a bottle of Everclear? Come on, Conrad. Texas this is blend. right up your alley. Texas you act blend. so straightened. I know no, him. me, it would be tequila. Yeah. Would it be tequila? Oh, no, absolutely. Tequila's too was, expensive back uh, then. I was I was a tequila drinker. Still am. Used yeah. to used to drink uh, Cuervo Gold Tall on the rocks. Well, you wouldn't want to have colored liquor in there. You want to have it clear. Well, Why? I d- I didn't like Everclear. It, it, no, no, clear, it, clear I know, liquor. I know, but I never like you, a vodka you said ever Everclear. I never liked Everclear. Did I ever tell you my story about me and Everclear? <laughs> I was working. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> it does, doesn't me it? Me and Everclear. Me and Everclear. So I was working at Richardson Chevrolet. as a guy who was working in new whoa, car make whoa, whoa. All of these alcohol stories start at Richardson Chevrolet. What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> and a car. And a car. And a car. <laughs> and uh, so he says, hey, man, you want to go to uh, Paul Berlin's Dome Shadows Club? They're having a dance night. I said, I've been there. Sure. With Don? There. Not with Don. You but might, I was there. You might have been there with Tom. Let's go. There. Buffalo Speedway and South Main Street. Mm-hmm. I said, sure, let's go. First lighted dance floor in Houston, by the way. So we went there, but the problem was that we got there at like, you know, 6 o'clock. There was nobody there. <laughs> and uh, back then, you Probably could, had a 10 o'clock curfew. <laughs> you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't buy liquor by the drink. You had to take the bottle in. BYOB. And I was, I, was I old enough? I don't think I was old enough, but he was. So he went and bought some Everclear. I didn't know what Everclear was. I had no clue. It's like 180 proof. Uh-huh. And then they danced I, together. I, I found that out afterwards. So we sat there and, and uh, I said, well, what are we going to We just order up some uh, Cokes or whatever and drink it like that. Okay. So they're by ourselves. Two guys. Dancing. Dancing. Uh, in a bar <laughs> with a lighted dance floor. Uh, listening to by all the, the good rock them, and roll by music. By themselves. By themselves. 
And uh, six o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, the neck on one of those bottles is about that big. I had about that much. He had to carry me out of there. Went to wipe something off your shoulder, and it was the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that was. Yes, I wound up oh, having to goodness. spend the night on his couch because I couldn't. I couldn't move. I mean, I was absolutely wasted. Of course, I'd had nothing to eat. And what did I? I found out a lot that night about Everclear. Didn't remember any of it, but found out a lot. Uh huh. Wow. Anyway, are we going to go back to the colors now, or you so, want to stay on alcohol? <laughs> so green is one percent of the market in the United States. Yeah, green. Um, uh, yellow in the United States is less than one percent. Kathy had a green car. She had an. She had an Achieva. Oh she hated gosh. that car. Yes. She hated it. I can understand. Wait why. a minute. Was that an Oldsmobile? Yes, yes. it was. It Don't was. ever bring that up in front of my wife. She will. She will say bad words. See, and Pontiac <laughs> could sell Grand Ams till the cows came home, and the Oldsmobile Achieva was basically the same car. But whoever styled the Oldsmobile Achieva, it had to be. Um, the same guy that Jose did the Aztec? Felici Jose Feliciano <laughs> must have styled the Achieva. Jose. It had, it had some of the Felicia. oddest lines in it. Um, it was it was what a mess that car was. But yeah, Pontiac was selling two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand grand ams at the time, and Oldsmobile couldn't give away an Achieva. It was, so yeah, she will say bad words. It was you. not a pretty car. Oh. There was just odd it was just an oddly designed car. But anyhow, and then uh um Jose. But in Europe, Jose. two two percent of the vehicles are yellow. So you know that that was really the only big differences in in as as far as a placement of colors. So it seems like Europe does more yellow cars than the United States does. But who sells yellow cars in the United States? Taxi cabs. Who buys them? Right. But the taxi you cabs in, in Europe are black, aren't they? In in, uh, in Great Britain, yeah, yeah, Great Britain, and they tend to be all that same British cab looking thing yeah. as well, <laughs> as opposed to here, where now I guess what. The, what? Explain that to me. What what is up with those British cabs? Oh, I think that company. That's all they make. You know, is they, they just make that cab, and that's you know, it's kind of like the United States with Checker. You know, the Checker cab, and it still has a following, and you can still find some of them driving around New York City. And you can Rambler. still find some of them for sale, and they're very expensive if you can find one that's been restored. Is it a Rambler? No. No, no. it was Checker. Checker? And, okay. and it's then actually a company. It was a, it was a company that made purely a cab. They they Well, I, they're called commercial vehicles. Right. I don't know that they made them for... Uh, public consumption, but they made them like airport limos and cabs and okay. stuff. And there was a period of time through the 60s, 70s that it was uh, GM powertrains. So it had a you know GM small block Chevy and a and a General hmm. Motors hydromatic Didn't transmission. I know that. In it. Neat. Um, Emmons Brothers joined us. Morning, boys. Oh, the Emmons hey, Brothers. Good morning, the guys that have all of the. Uh, Wally's going back behind their head. The moving Wally. Jens, it's good to see you. The Wally wall. Wally wall. That's wall. it. We need to rig something up behind you. We need to. <laughs> and we can, we can on put a it on train a track. track. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. But uh, we'd have to get cars big enough to hold a Wally. Well, I'm sure the Emmons Brothers uh, used car operation down there in Friendswood probably have, have enough cars for people to there you go. select from. Yeah. We have to get them on again. See yeah, how good things morning. Are going. That was fun. That was fun. See what their see what their uh, plan is for 2021. I had seen. Um, uh, I guess Erica was uh, running a survey on what she wanted her um, driving suit to look like. 
Uh, she had a couple of them up there. For There's a choice. Yeah, yeah, she had a choice. I don't, you know, you have to be a stylist to figure something out. But so everybody's got. Listen, their... that's right up my alley. <laughs> Ray Ray. Hey, you ought to go on as Ray Ray and give her an opinion. Listen, <laughs> I like that. I like that one. But it's got to freak all the NHRA folks out because the first race of the season is, I think it's March 14th, the Gator Nationals in Florida, and they're not starting the season out in California because California. Kind of. I'll be honest with down. you. I'll be honest with you. I, I love Pomona, one of my favorite racetracks. It's old school. That's where it all started. Pomona. Have you ever been there? Never been. Uh huh. The L.A. County well, Fairgrounds. I've been to Pomona, but I've never been to the track. Well, it's just right over the hill. Right. And at the top of the hill is the Pomona Mining Company, and I got a story to tell about that too. Pomona Mining Company, great big, uh, spread out kind of uh, steak place, uh, a club, a dance floor, all that stuff. Anyway. But uh, yeah, there's a theme to the show: Don and dance floors, and being overserved alcohol. Uh huh. And getting uh, getting he, out there and make a total fool of myself. When he worked at Richardson Chevrolet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now this is probably when he was doing the NHRA in game. his red pumps. Oh yes. Ask Rob Geiger about the Safeway. Oh gosh, you can only imagine. <laughs> that sounds like a country song. Too. He, he ran out of the Safeway. <laughs> Because of something that I did in there. Oh okay. <laughs> what color's next? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That's it. But um, we're done with that. Squirrel. Yeah, you know. And then uh, you know, what were the most popular cars in 2020? Um, starting the top 20 from the bottom of the list: Subaru Outback Wagon. What? Mm-hmm. It was a that's 20th, a Bernie Sanders vehicle. It was the 20th, mo- 20th most popular vehicle, and then the 19th was a Subaru Forester. 18th was Ford Escape. Uh, 17th was Honda Accord, which is way down yeah, from that's where a, it used that's, to be. Honda yeah, Accord near the top. outside of trucks was generally... Have you looked at one? Yeah. Gosh, they're huge compared to what they were. They're not only huge, but there's like, who... It's, it's got like that 19, 1990s look to it still. Yeah. You know, it's got that big chrome tooth in front of it too kind of like the, <laughs> remember, the, remember the acras used to have that, yeah. that big yeah. chrome tooth yeah it's like finding a blue peanut on a wedding cake number 16 was jeep wrangler wait just a moment i need to explore that a blue peanut on a wedding cake yeah you don't see that no nope, not very often okay no. is, there, is there a story behind that no it's just just is there a richardson odd. chevrolet story no, behind it? it could be involving alcohol back in the day when <laughs> i was on the dance floor <laughs> So, uh, 16th was Jeep Wrangler. 15th was Jeep Grand Cherokee. 14th, which really surprised me, was Toyota Highlander. What? Yeah. I did not realize they sold that many of those vehicles. I didn't but 14th was Toyota popular. Highlander. And then uh, 13th was Toyota Corolla, which doesn't surprise me. 12th was Ford Explorer. But I have a feeling Ford Explorer, a lot of that's being driven by their fleet sales. Yeah, but didn't you say 18th was the Escape? So we're getting into a little bit larger vehicle as correct, we move up. Correct. But the Explorer, they sell, and this would be included in these numbers, Would they sell a ton of those to fleet. It, it's a good-looking vehicle. Yeah. I've seen them, yeah. And, and it's a good size mm-hmm. because it's it's more of a upper mid-size uh, SUV. So, um, and then Ford, uh, Ford Explorer was 12th. Nissan Rogue was 11th, which doesn't surprise me because the Rogue is Nissan's number one selling vehicle. Toyota Tacoma was number 10. GM Sierra was number nine. By the way, the Toyota Tacoma is the number one selling midsize pickup truck. 
Came still at throw that in there. But there's only four mid five, four or five mid-sized Whatever. It's still number one. The two GMs, the Toyota and the Nissan. Uh-huh. The, the Ford, Ranger, Ford Rangers there. And the Ranger. Gladiator. Oh, I, I don't consider. I didn't think remember Gladiator. The Nissan Rogue was the vehicle that hit me in my first Cadillac that, that totaled it. Oh, was it really? Yeah, he hit me. He rolled, and I got a new Cadillac out of it. Yeah. Nissan Rogue. Congratulations. Nice it was his mother's car. Great. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Number eight was Honda Civic. <clears throat> Number seven, and this really surprised me, was Chevrolet Equinox. I didn't realize hmm. they sold those in that volume. Fleet. So the, no, yeah. not necessarily. Rental. That's not really a fleet. Possibly rental. They sold one hundred seventy thousand. Well, fleet. Excuse me. Two hundred seventy thousand Nissan or Chevy Equinoxes in twenty. But fleet would be the same as rental. Right. Okay. They lump it all together. Gotcha. But they sold three hundred fifty thousand of them in nineteen. So the sales went down, but it still kept its position. And then, of course, you know, uh, number one. What's the number one car in the industry right now? Has, Cadillac. <laughs> Toyota Camry. You know, so Toyota Camry's been the top-selling car for quite some time, and Camry and Accord used to bounce between the two of them. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Accord's really falling off. And then uh, number five was Honda CRV at uh, 333,000 vehicles in 2020. Hmm. Toyota RAV4 at 430,000 vehicles. I didn't realize there was that big a disparity between the two of them. Number three, our favorite Ram pickup at 563,000, down from 700 or 633,000 last year. That's the first mention of a Ram product, though. Right. In their whole list. Well, yeah, but you had the two Jeeps earlier on. Oh, yeah. Okay. The FCAs. Uh, Number two was Chevy Silverado at 586,000. And they were the only one in the top 20, that in the GMC Sierra, that increased their sales. They were up 3% over last year. And then number one, of course, and they've been number one for 41, 42 years. And that's the Ford uh, F-Series truck at 787,000. Down twelve percent from two thousand nineteen at nine hundred thousand. So, interesting story. Well, you know, there's cars in there I didn't think would have been. I never would have guessed. They're not real flashy. You don't see a whole lot of them. I I mean, you don't recognize a whole lot of them. I guess that's what I should say. I'd have never guessed there would have been two Subarus in the top twenty. No, I wouldn't either. Ever. Well, they were in the low twenties, but still, but still. It's time now for this hour's car review here on the In Wheel Time Car Show. 21 Jeep Cherokee. It comes in several trim levels. The Latitude, the Latitude Plus, the Latitude Lux, and the Trailhawk along with the Limited. Plenty. A review trim level is the Latitude Lux 4x4. Small SUV. Five passengers. No real major changes to the exterior from last year. Uh, the features include uh, that famous uh, seven-slot grille. Cannot mistake it for anything else other than a Jeep. Many exterior features, uh, bringing it close to the Grand Cherokee looks, as a matter of fact. Just thought I'd throw that in there in case you didn't notice the similarity. Dual exhaust tips, good-looking wheels. What I liked, um, you could kind of, you know, cheat the neighbors and tell them that it's a Cherokee, and they'll think it's a Grand Cherokee. Hmm. I mean... Look at it. it. Looks pretty really, good. Yeah, you put them side by side. And other than size, 
they look a lot alike. Yeah. Interior highlights, sharp-looking integrated dash, Uconnect infotainment system, easy-to-use controls, nice materials throughout the cabin as well. Cargo trunk room, enough for golf clubs sideways and some luggage back there, so it's more than you would actually think. What I liked, the attention to detail on the uh, actual Jeep Cherokee. What could use improvement? Wish they'd use a rotary shift knob instead of the actual handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten used to that on many of the uh, upper levels. You know, now you look at the, you look at it, and you go, man, what are they taking up all that space for? And it does yeah. take up a lot of space. Engine is a 3.2 liter V6, 271 horsepower. Torque is 239 pound feet. Transmission, nine speed automatic, and it can tow up to one ton. 2,000 pounds. Uh, miles per gallon rated in the city, 19 on the Highway 27 for a combined to 22. I got 26.9 miles per gallon over 381.3. Now, 90% of my travels are on the tollway. So, there. What I liked about it, got that smooth V6 power. What could use improvement? Nothing. They do offer a turbo four-cylinder if you're interested in that sort of thing. What I liked about it, uh, with the 4x4, four four, uh, it's got a pretty smooth ride. Uh, normally on a 4x4, four four, you can actually feel the difference in the, in the suspension, but not in this one. Base trim price, $31,200. i am sorry, $31,625. Price is tested $36,355. The base model price is $28,180. It competes against the Honda CRV for $25,350, the Mazda CX-5 for $25,270, and the Subaru Forester for $26,000. Four thirty-eight, the most expensive of them all. Yeah, but it's still right there playing in the market. Absolutely, yeah. So Depending on the content you want to put on it, whatever drives the price up. But. As always, shop, drive several vehicle models uh, and uh, brands, and uh, compare. But if can you, want you to still do, it the do that? Way. Because there's a lot of the internet purchases, and the advertising now is do it online. I know that a lot, of, a lot of people are into that. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. I'll look at it, and then, you yeah. know, I don't want to go into the dealership. Okay, well. You've got the choice now. Well, Lots of choices. And, and a lot of them will, you know, even the dealerships will bring the car to you right. and let you test drive it. I think the test drive gets, you know, a little COVID sensitive now. Well, they're, they're, Everybody gets a little yes, freaked you, out about it. That is right, the COVID sensitivity. But you can also, there's prevention with the masks and the shields and the gloves and all that. Good. I would rather do that. I would rather sit it, drive it. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine buying a car without... Getting behind the wheel and not me, but there's people that do that all the time. And then if they deliver it to your house, you see, you're kind of obligated to keep it. Well, yeah, but some of them they give you a money back guarantee. Some of those, you know, you, you see them advertise on TV, um, but you know it's it's not a money back guarantee. No, they it's a they credit. let you return it to credit to buy something else out of their so inventory. The lady across the street did that. She bought one. She called the dealership. Said, "This is what I want." They delivered it. Picked up her trade in, and she never went and drove it. She just called and said, this is what I want. I guess there are a lot more people in the world that drive by like that mm-hmm. than I ever knew. Mm-mm. Because uh, Not me. I was always taught, go in there, drive it, yep. look it over, make sure that that's what you want. and Kick and, the tires. Yeah, that's right. That. Hey, uh, the In Wheel Time Car Show streams on Facebook, YouTube, and InWheelTime.com. Podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon, and Podcast Addict. And the In Wheel Time Car Show continues right after this quick break. 
Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, February 20th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone's invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all at one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard just south of I-10 in Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Loopy founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise in, Tailpipes and Tacos, Saturday, February 20th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy. The in-wheel time car show will be there, too. Get your ride ready, and we'll see you at the Tailpipes and Tacos Saturday morning cruise in, February 20th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy, weather permitting. Is your business or company looking to stand out in a crowded advertising market? Looking to reach the real auto enthusiast? Well, you found it. You're listening or watching In Wheel Time, and so are your fellow enthusiasts. The In Wheel Time Car Show now reaches half a million, and we can put together a marketing plan that will engage them in your product, business, or service. To get the tires rolling, just shoot us an email to our marketing director, Jeff Zekin. His address is jeff at inwheeltime.com. Texas Truck Works is your go-to truck customizer. From mild-to-wild lift kits, custom wheels, and steering and handling enhancements to the best personal and commercial wraps, Texas Truck Works delivers. Let Texas Truck Works founder Scott Stevens help you get the most out of your truck or Jeep. Texas Truck Works has decades of customizing experience, including power adders and complete engine swaps. Let the Texas Truck Works team design an upgrade plan that fits your budget. Get truck attitude today at TexasTruckWorks.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to noon central on Facebook, YouTube, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.